you'll be surprised with Tad's accent that he was actually born in Japan, and he he was educated there in theology. Once he was finished with that, he came over to Canada to do his graduate studies in theology, and he did that both in, in British Columbia and in Quebec. Tad is a fascinating person, and uh, he could talk forever on many subjects. He has lived in some of the poorest countries in the world, and he has lived in some of the richest countries in the world. So he's, he's seen it all, and lived and worked in those places, so became very well-versed with them. He has been a bureaucrat in the United Church. He has fed starving people in Ethiopia, and he has been a witness in areas of conflict. He came to Lethbridge, I believe, in support of his partner, Muriel, who teaches out at the university. So I give you Tad, and be nice to him. Thank you, Amy, and welcome. I'm surprised at uh, the number of people who are interested in this subject. I thought I was the only one. I am basing my talk on uh, two court cases I had to deal with uh, in Quebec uh, as a part of a United States bureaucracy uh, because I'm not a sociologist nor statistician, so I don't have those material. I'm too lazy to look it up on Wikipedia and stuff like that. So uh, my experience and reflection is totally based on two court cases that I picked for this uh, afternoon's presentation. During the last few decades, the authority of many venerated institutions has increasingly been challenged. No longer do people accept the dictate of the government, the religion, the police, or even scientific institutions without question. They always question no matter what they say and sounds true. The latest spell of the revelation of sexual crimes and predatory uh, behaviors by the clergy class is one of the uh, indication of this trend. There's no more sacred cow. Historically, I believe it is good that despite many attempts of cover-up, this false image of institutions like religion is exposed to be false. I have not done any sociological statistical study to base my speech on, but I went through several court cases when I was a part of a bureaucracy in Quebec. And I picked two because they are very interesting. And uh, you'll be surprised how different they are uh, from the similar kind of a scandalous uh, stories you hear happening in other churches. And uh, this shows a complexity of the issue. In early 1990s, the United Church of Canada uh, 
found itself preoccupied in dealing with a number of sexual harassment labeled against the clergy people. I walked right into this mess without knowing what was happening. As a member of the United Church bureaucracy in a conference in Quebec, uh, in other churches, this structure is called Synod. I wish to begin my remarks uh, by describing two court cases. Then I would like to ask ourselves three questions. One, are they exceptions? In other words, rare, rotten apples. Or are we looking at an institution rotten to the core to be eliminated? And lastly, we would like to ask ourselves, what can we do about it? Get rid of them or do something about them? These two examples sound quite different from what you expect. But this is what I witnessed, and I cannot lie because I don't have any statistical data, no sociological data. But they are primary sources, they are authentic. Case number one. A woman in a congregation complained to the Ontario Human Rights Commission that she was sexually harassed by a minister during the course of pastoral counseling. She reported her action, meaning she reported to the Ontario Human Rights Commission, to the Presbytery of the United Church. In the United Church system, Presbytery has a primary responsibility to oversee the clergy. Upon hearing this report, the Presbytery launched its own investigation and suspended the minister without pay. In the meantime, he took the whole United Church of Canada structure to the court, complaining that United Church did not follow the rules that it set itself. He said United Church did not follow the United Church manual to the letter. The manual, you may know, is the United Church Book of Rules. The court in the end, ruled against the church. We lost it. And ordered the church to hire this minister back, give him a job, and pay him the income he lost. The judge termed the action of the church against natural justice. Uh, those who have a legal mind could explain to us what natural justice is. My understanding is what judge said is church was not fair to the minister. 
I was not personally involved in this court case because it happened in another jurisdiction. But I had to deal with this guy because he came to my jurisdiction in Quebec. He got a job. And in United Church, uh, this uh, uh, process of minister getting a job is called, is called call, that call. And I had no way of stopping this call, even though I didn't like such a guy in my conference. Because it was court order, and we had to pay the cost of the court. Case number two. A nude photograph of a young male minister was featured in the centerfold of a gay magazine in Quebec. Somebody brought this, uh, he picked it up at the bar and brought it to me. So I asked the secretary of the presbytery, Montreal Presbytery, to uh, interview him to find out what was going on. And the minister in question didn't understand what the problem was. He said, there's no victim. Besides, what he did, the photograph was a work of art. The secretary, however, thought that such a visual image of a minister of religion would create a problem in the performance of his pastoral duty. So, the presbytery, upon the, uh, 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 on the advice of the secretary, uh, suspended him with pay, and they required him to go to a counselor, and the presbytery offered to pay the cost of counseling. However, he took the, again, whole United Church, the uh, Quebec Superior Court, that he was treated unjustly. And uh, I was summoned by the Quebec Superior Court representing the conference of the United Church. A conference is supposed to supervise the work of the presbytery. The argument a church had was that to be seen in such a photograph was an inappropriate action for a pastor who may have to deal with different kinds of people, including children. What if Sunday school child found minister's nude photo, by the way, in the act of masturbation? However, the case ended in abruptly because fortunately or unfortunately he lied uh, during the discovery stage before the judge. Uh, lying before the judge is uh, perjury and it's a felony. So United Church uh, put him on the discontinued service list. In the, in the United Church language, it means he was fired. Uh, he was no longer considered to be ordained minister of the United Church. It would have been interesting if the court came to a conclusion of this case because, A, what is 
work of art and what is pornography. That's a very interesting precedent if a court reaches a decision. And secondly, what is inappropriate action for a pastor in the eyes of a civil court? A church may have to learn a lot of things about the secular view of pastoral work if the court reached the conclusion. But unfortunately, court just dismissed the case and the guy was charged for a felony called perjury. And he lost a job. Now then, here we have to ask ourselves, if those cases were isolated incidents by a few rotten apples and should be dealt with case by case decisively? Or are they a tip of iceberg of a much deeper and serious error in the self-understanding of the church itself? Church could have been rotten somewhere. We don't know. That's the question we have to ask ourselves. There are many people who defend my first proposition, meaning these are exceptional cases, very rare. And I have some sympathy uh, with that view. For example, in, in terms of comparison, you certainly cannot condemn the whole Canadian Armed Forces from the Russell William monstrosity. You can't do that. I am proud to be a citizen of a country with professional and dedicated men and women in armed forces. Likewise, I believe that the vast majority of men and women in the church are dedicated, caring, and selfless people who are committed to the service of God and humanity. I am proud to be a member of such an institution. I remain a member, loyal member of the United Church of Canada. It is totally unfair to condemn the whole body because of a few sick members. Sick members need to be eliminated decisively. However, I am very proud to be a member of the church. But you cannot condemn the whole institution because of exceptions. I have sympathy to that view. However, I also take the view that those predatory individuals who had managed to live in the system with impunity for such a long time is a symptom of a much more profound error existed in the church for centuries. I believe it is a serious sickness of the Christian church, for that matter, some other religions as well. This sickness is called by a Swiss theologian called Emile Brunner, and I quote, a glorious but serious misunderstanding. He was referring to the notion of Christendom. The Christendom 
is an idea of empire. And Christendom created a sense of arrogance that the church cannot make mistake. And the church had exclusive right to divine authority. This what Emil Brunner called glorious misunderstanding. It was wrong. It existed in the church since the 4th century. You remember what happened in the 4th century in the history of the Christian church. A Roman emperor called Constantine became a Christian and he made Christianity the established religion of the empire. Since then, for far too long, the church had assumed divine right to divide, uh, determine what's right and what's wrong. Church has never had such a right. Only God does, according to my belief. Church is a human institution. But church behaved as though it was God. It was a God. Therefore, could set its own standard without checks and balances. Hence, its custodians, the church hierarchy and the clergy class, was considered to be above the law and often escaped the normal scrutiny by the society and by the law of the land. The offenders were often disciplined if they are found, internally hidden from the public, thus maintained false image of an infallible institution. Human institution is never infallible. Now our society is going through a paradigm shift. Because of democratic, multicultural, multi-religious, and secular nature of our society, the church no longer can pretend to possess the divine right to dictate the ethics of the nation. It was a sign of the time when the authority of not only the church, but also all established institutions is challenged. Imagine the lawyers. Some lawyers have very low esteem in society. Medical doctors, educational institutions, financial advisors. All these institutions who used to be venerated is now being challenged. I believe this is a good thing, that the church, like other institutions, had to be brought down from its pedestal and its authority and power questioned. Okay, I read as much as I can. 
I used to hear those scandals in gossips, in whispers. But now I was hearing them openly and with victims demanding justice. That church has to learn, and still learning, even though reluctantly and slowly. The last point I wanted to make is the distinction between professional relationship and romantic relationship. To my belief, romantic relationship is beautiful to be celebrated, but has to be entered into between two equal partners. If one exercises power over the other partner, that's not equal relationship. This is the reason why sexual relationship between adult and child is a statutory rape. Same thing should be applied in a professional relationship. Clergy, parishioners, lawyers, clients, professors, students. This happens all the time. And they say there's a consent. No, there's no consent. If there is unequal relationship of power, this is the reason why all these Relationship between unequal partners must be prohibited. And this is the point that church still has to learn because this is a tricky area. People just gossip about it, whisper, and rarely this is brought out into the open. And the church has to learn from other institutions, like my brother-in-law works for public insurance in Manitoba. And he told me that sexual relationship between an adjuster and a claimant results immediate dismissal of an adjuster. And this same rule should be applied to all professions. And that this kind of checks and balances should be applied to all institutions because church is a human institution. Church is not God. Church is not infallible. So basically, I believe what's happening today vis-a-vis sexual scandals in the church is a good thing. Thank you.